welcome putting people to another episode of Ken's Movie Review. I am your host, not Ken. And today we've got a, well, guess what? Another kid's movie that we're going to take a peek at for the holiday season. Uh, recently released on Christmas Day. We are going to talk about Spies in Disguise. So, of course, we're going to treat this like we do all of our other movie reviews. We're going to talk a little bit at the beginning, spoiler-free, to give a little, hey, should you go see this type of look and feel? After that, we'll break it down by some categories. You know, we'll total the points for those categories, give it between a 0 and 100, and we'll treat it like an A, B, C, D type of score. If you agree with us, cool. If you don't, tell us why. You know, let us know. Okay, so let's start with a little brief overview of Spies in Disguise. Okay, so it is kind of your typical animated spy movie. Now, I, I should say that this movie uh, is a PG movie as opposed to a G movie. It has a few more action sequences, and I, uh, I guess that's about it. But in terms of this particular movie... It's got the spy, it's got the, like the spy sequences, it's got the action sequences, it's got the gadgetry, it's got the funny stuff, it's got, you know, the, the heart-wrenching moments and things like that. So it's got a little bit of everything in it. There, you know, let's be honest, typically there's not a lot of kids' movies, family movies that you can go and see um, at any given time. But you know what? I got to say in this one, if it's if it's the holiday season, post-holiday season, and this movie's still around and you guys want to go as a family to go watch a, a movie, you know what? This is a good movie. Don't think because this isn't a Disney or it's not a Disney Pixar or one of those types of movies that this one lags behind or this one's weak because that's not the case at all. This one's pretty fun pretty entertaining. I think young kids will have fun with it. Older kids will have fun with it. Shoot, adults will have fun with it. I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it's not super long, as a lot of kids' movies are, so don't feel like you gotta sit there for two hours, so that nothing like that at all. If you feel like, you know, if you guys don't really go to the movies that often, hey, that's cool. This one's definitely worth checking out uh, in some form of digital media wherever it is. Now, is it worth buying? Uh, honestly, maybe. When new uh, when new films come out and they're like 20 bucks, I don't want to spend 20 bucks on it. But if you see it for 10 bucks, sure. This is a good one to add to the library. It's a good one to entertain the kids. It's a good one to have fun with uh, for the whole family. Um, so I would say, yes, if you want to go watch a family movie, check it out in the theater. Okay, so beyond that, let's kind of get into the premise of this particular movie, right? So the main character is a super spy, right? So he does all these things. He's got the moves. He's got the gadgets. And he does all the right stuff. And then he gets framed. But in the course of him doing this amazing action thing at the beginning he runs into one of his gadgets is not quite the gadget that he thought it would be so he goes and confronts the gadget creator well you get a little backstory at the beginning of this movie as to who this gadget creator is and you get a little sense on why he's created these gadgets 
Okay, so that's kind of the premise of the story, right? Goes through the movie and he's gotta he's gotta find himself. He's gotta he's gotta get the the bad guy who framed him so that he can save the world and all that fun stuff. You know, we're not gonna dig too deep in that. That plot thing is what it is. The interesting part about this is he comes to the kid for help and the kid turns him into a pigeon. That's the premise of this movie. So during a good portion of the movie, the main spy is actually turned into a pigeon. Pretty funny. So you you got a lot of humor built into that and obvious scenarios built into that too. So let's look at some of these categories here. So when we look at the production piece, you got to bring the star power together. You got to build a cohesive movie. You've got to market it. You've got to put it into the right piece. Now it's production cinematography. Uh, cinematography in, in this one is honestly, it's on point, right? So they did a good job with all the little pieces. They get a good, like the, I think the characters are drawn well for the animated piece. You know, when you look at some of how the characters are created and their head shapes and their body shapes, all of that stuff fits in the model of this particular animation style. It's not cheesy animation. It's not trying to be artsy design animation, but it's not like the animation in this was just taken for granted either. You've got important character designs, facial expressions, eyebrows, hands, feet, actually hands kind of play a, a comedic part in this particular movie as well. So in terms of the production on this particular movie, I, I think all in all, it's a cohesive piece of work. I think you've got a great cast. I think you did the animation how it should be. And I, I personally think as, as an adult who took kids to go and watch this movie that you know even I found myself being entertained by what was going on and hoping that in the course of you know watching this movie that one of the kids doesn't have to go to the bathroom because I don't want to miss what happens in the movie when you're kind of engrossed in that type of movie and it's a kid's movie I think you've kind of knocked it out of the ballpark so out of 20 from the cinematography production standpoint, um, got to give this one high marks for sure. Uh, 18 for that particular score. Okay, so what's up next? Costume and props. Okay, costume and props. In the terms of this particular movie, you got the spy suit and tie, and it's kind of got the fancy gadgets with it, right? The electronic looking things that kind of pop up here and there, the props, right? There's science kits, there's the gadgets, there's grenades and pens and all these types of things that go with that over-the-top spy feel of a movie. And all of these, honestly, were on point. I don't think that there was a lot of things that they did erroneously in this movie in terms of the costume, in terms of all the little designs because the idea is this, this kid's young uh, mom's a cop kids designing things to protect mom later on in life kids is protecting is designing these things to protect people right so he's got all these goofy little designs that are 
instead of blowing things up, there's a grenade that shoots glitter all over the where all over the place and has little kitty cats that kind of start meowing in it. Cats are um, a whole different story, but that premise of it kind of being a piece of comedy, <laughs> they nailed it. So, and, and I can't say enough about how the little bits and pieces of this actually just fit well together. So I got to give high marks to costume and props. That's going to be a 10 out of 10 for me. Okay, locations. Animated movies, it's hard to develop these locations, let's be honest. Secret Lair, or Spy Agency, or the kid's house. They had their little bits and pieces. The kid's house was fun because, um, you know, as he goes, as he grows up, uh, mom's gone, and he couldn't protect her and wants to protect her, but his house is filled with all these little gadgets and things everywhere because he's still in the house by himself. You go to the, the agency, right? It's a big place underneath the Washington Monument. And it's a big, lots of people are walking through there and there's desks and there's the whole, you know, gadget spy place where they develop all new toys and gadgets. All that looks just fine. There's a secret island or for weapon weapons development, all that stuff. So all of it fit the bill exactly how you'd expect it to be without it being over the top, without it being too cheesy. And once again, all animated exactly with the same kind of style that the animation was presented to you in this movie. So out of 10, that's an easy score. We're going to give it a 9. Okay, so now let's get into some of the deeper cuts here. The director. Um, directing credits on this one, you got Nick Bruno and Troy Quain. I'm not sure about these folks, but um, when you look at Nick Bruno, for example, he's done a Peanuts movie, an Ice Age movie, um, Epic 3D. So it's from the creators of, you know, so like the same animation studio, Ice Age, Epic, uh, Rio. So that's kind of his background. And you can see that animation style kind of brought through in this movie as well. All that stuff makes sense to me. Uh, okay, Troy Quain. So he's done bits and pieces, like art art department animation studios, like from Nine, Osmosis Jones, uh, Enchanted, once again, some Ice Age stuff. So he's done some interesting little bits and pieces of stuff in his past as an animator that kind of got brought on for directing credit. So it's good. I, I like when they bring the folks in who actually do some of the design work for the characters and the drawing or the creation of the scenes, the scenery, and you're going to bring them in to be, have a directing credit that just brings more life to the table. And I want to do this. Can we do this? The other director says, yes, we can do this because I can draw this. You know, those bits and pieces, I think, work well together. What you were presented with in this movie, like I said, was a pretty cohesive set of occurrences, a pretty cohesive set of things that happened and didn't happen. Things that they showed you that you didn't need to, things that you didn't need to be shown, you know, all the stuff, there was nothing, what I'm saying is there's nothing extra, and they didn't leave you guessing what just happened in there. Everything fit well, very cohesive, very fun. So, in terms of the directors for this, once again, I've got to give this high marks, you know. Uh, well, high marks being a relative term. Uh, out of 20, it's a pretty, pretty powerful 
category. So we'll give it, eh, let's go 17 points on this one. Once again, you know, I, I can't say that they did really anything bad in this particular movie. Okay, so let's go with the plot. Plot's 20 points as well. This one is a place that we knock a lot of movies because you can put people in the right places. You can have a good look. But if the story's dumb, then you're not going to be entertained by it. And you know what? Even though this one kind of had some of the some of the typical pieces that you would see, it's not like this is some intricate story or some out-of-bounds story. This is just a cohesive story that takes you from point A to point B, has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's everything that makes sense. There was no stretch in this one. There was no um, trying to have you as the viewer fill in the blanks. It is... The spy, he gets framed. He's trying to find the bad guy that framed him and the MacGuffin to, to save the world. He gets caught up because the people want to capture him because he's been framed. So he's got people chasing him. He went to this kid for help because the kid said he could make him disappear. He made him disappear because he turned into, into a pigeon. So it's just a really ironic way for him to not be found and the kids selling the selling how being this bird is an important thing and why it's such a good thing to be this bird when of course it doesn't make any sense for him to be this bird so that's you know it's the whole the plot makes sense because it's funny right all throughout this, it, it makes sense. There's the character turn at the end, like, I don't work as a team. I appreciated working as a team. I don't want to be part of a team. I'm always going to have your back because I'm going to be part of the team. You know, like the whole ins and outs of that type of stuff. We're not uh, making money moves in the plot, right? But the thing about it is, it's a kid's movie. You don't need intricate stuff, but you got to have it be entertaining and make sense. And this fit the bill just fine. So in terms of the plot, you know what? I'm going to give this good marks too. Uh, I'm going to give this one 17. Okay, so the cast. Animated movie, you got to have the right voices. You got to have the right people. You know what? I kind of think so. Okay, there are two stars that are in this movie. Uh, Will Smith and Tom Holland. Everybody knows who Will Smith is, I think. Everybody knows what Will Smith's voice sounds like, I think. Maybe I'm overjudging on that. Now, I will say in this particular movie, and this could be part of the part of the theater that I was watching. That's a whole other thing. Almost like the voices weren't mixed right, or maybe... In the actual theater, the theater sound wasn't presented that well. I could see that being the case, too. But it seemed like Will Smith's voice was out of place compared to all the other characters. And I'm not saying Will Smith did bad. That's that's not it. It just seemed like his voice didn't present itself in a cohesive manner in everything in the movie. Everybody else's characters seemed okay in a certain sense. It's hard to describe. And I, and I want to say it was the theater I was watching it in, or maybe because it was just not mixed right within the theater. 
I don't want to say it was mixed incorrectly on the movie, but that could very well be the case. So in terms of the, the, the voice acting and the characters, Will Smith presented it well, but he might have actually not been the strongest point of this movie. Hard for me to describe that. Uh, so like I said, Will Smith was in it. Tom Holland was in it. So those were the two main voices I think you saw throughout. They weren't the only ones. You got a little sneak in there from Reba McIntyre. When have you heard from Reba McIntyre recently? Actually, most of you don't even know who Reba McIntyre is, so <laughs> never mind. But uh, I, I, when I, when I heard that voice, I recognized the voice. I just couldn't place the voice and the name together until I looked at the credits afterwards. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> that that's totally Reba McIntyre. Um, also, the bad guy, the bad guy, Ben Mendelsohn. So another, well, so we did Tom Holland. We got Ben Mendelsohn. So we've got some Marvel. Uh, we've got some Marvel voices in here. Now, they're not the only Marvel voices that are in here. Karen Gillan is in this too. Uh, and you might not recognize her voice because if you are a Marvel movie watcher, she ditches her accent in all those Marvel movies. But she's got like a thick uh, Scottish accent, I think is what it is. And she just let it rip in this movie. And she was great. Rashida Jones played a main character in this as well. Rashida Jones is great in pretty much any character that she does. She did her voice acting just fine. One of the people that was in this movie that I don't think in, doesn't entertain me. I don't listen to his music. I think it's more of a joke that he's in it than anything else. But DJ Khaled is in this movie and he plays a main character as well. But the, the thing that makes it funny to me in the movie is that if you look at the character playing that, that his voice is, is, is being presented as like that makes total sense. And the presentation of that character, you're like, yeah, that makes total sense as well. So I, I can't he doesn't do it for me. But in this particular movie, he wasn't a distraction for me either. So that's, once again, that's high marks and being able to take something that I don't generally enjoy <laughs> and, and disguising it. Uh, he, he, he's done other voice acting and things before. One of my kids' move shows that he used to watch was uh, Blaze and the Monster Machines. And he was a voice in there. And he was like a, a ninja monster machine. And he's really annoying in that one too, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, in terms of some of the other pieces that were in this movie, I mean, those were some of the main characters I think that you saw, but there's a lot of small pieces. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan was in here. Mark Ronson was actually in here as well. Uh, Masi Oka was in here. Uh, Masi Oka, you've seen, um, you recognize the other people's names, maybe not his, but he's been in Heroes. Uh, get smart, few other pieces like that. So you'd recognize who he was if you saw um, his face. Overall, the cast did a really solid job. I, I can't say that this was any type of distraction. They did great. I think some people did better than others. And once again, I can't say if it was a mixing issue or a theater issue as to why Will Smith, why his voice sounded out of place, but it did. And it wasn't distracting. It just wasn't where it should have been. But in terms of the cast, I got, I got to give this one strong marks also. Um, I'm going to go with a big, strong 16 on this one. 
Okay, so I that sounds like a real good score to me. What what is this movie going to get? So we're gonna add up the numbers here real quick and get a total score of 77. Not too shabby for this particular movie. And that may surprise you. Uh, I feel like it, it might surprise a lot of people. So, but we have room for bonus. Okay, in terms of the bonus, this is, there is a soundtrack to this movie. And the soundtrack does have some DJ Khaled songs and a Will Smith song, and they're not memorable at all. But sneaking in there, I recognize it when I started playing it. There's a Lil John song in there. And I thought it was, um, I'm, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, did I, did I just hear Lil John in there? And sure enough, I checked the credits afterward, checked the soundtrack, and it's a Lil John song. So, you know, kudos to you. I could really give this negative bonus points because the other songs were kind of weak, but Lil John's going to bump it up. And I want this movie to have a really good score. So I'm going to give it plus three bonus points for doing that. And for having so many Marvel voices being presented in one particular movie. So overall, we're going to give this one an 80. Not too shabby. A low B. So good job. Uh, don't let this one. There's not a lot of advertising for this movie. I, I don't feel like you see commercials for it. But don't let the fact that this isn't some big Disney thing actually technically Disney owns this movie strangely enough because it was a Fox property and was been it's supposed to be released earlier this year but they kept pushing it back because of the Disney merger but don't let this thing uh detract you from going to see it because it's not one that you it's not a Disney thing it's not a musical like a lot of some of those kids movies are uh it's a fun movie I think if you go and watch it with kids as an adult, you would enjoy it as well. If it's not your thing to go to the movie theaters or you don't want to spend your 40 bucks for two adults and two kids tickets, I get that as well. Uh, if you're going to choose one movie to go and see and it's going to be a kid's movie, um, if you're a Star Wars fan, I don't know. I haven't seen the Star Wars movie yet. Maybe go spend your money on that one. This one, however, I feel like is a good, safe bet if you wait till the things come out at home definitely give this one a stream give this one a rent if you're not going to buy it that's cool too but i think it's a good time to sit around for a couple hours hour and a half with the the fam and watch this particular movie so uh what are your thoughts on this particular one if you have watched it you may not be you may be one of the few i don't think it's as popular as what some of the other animated movies are let us know. I went, I mentioned uh, some of the social media stuff, all the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just look for the pudding guys, except for tweet, uh, tw Twitter. Huh? Twitter is the real pudding guys. We'll throw this up, put some scores out there. You give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. But thanks for listening and keep enjoying the movies.